Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Will Cranny podcast. We have now hijacked the name. Frankie Allen, it's not your podcast anymore, I've decided. I'm not bothered, Will. I just want to stay in bed this morning. <laughs> Dragged me out of bed eight o'clock in the fucking morning. I don't get asleep till three or four. Cause you've uh, got to reorganise your schedule for today. So I'm at a drive into town podcast. Get here for like half nine, quarter to ten. So we're uh, a bit tired. Nice one. So I'll start again just in case uh, it fucked up your uh, your usual flow to the podcast, people. What's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen Podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen, who, as he said, has been woke out of bed this morning. 10 o'clock, we're recording this. How are you feeling about it? I am Frankie Allen, the UK's tiredest comedian. But I suppose in a few minutes, like 10, 15 minutes, I'll feel okay. And uh, great. It's good to do it, really. It's Big, you know, to change doing it in the morning time. And uh, just a shame it's not warm today because, you know what I'm like? I would have sunbathed the rest of the day. You, yeah, you love a bit of sunbathing, you? I'm not yeah, asking. I like being out in the garden, yeah. So, new schedule to the podcast going out every Sunday. So, you'll be listening to this on a Sunday. Uh, we're recording this. We usually record at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon. We're recording it at 10 in the morning. Frank, I'll tell you in a minute what my mornings looked like. Fill the people in, whether they're listening or watching. What has your morning looked like thus far? Got up. I mean, to be honest with you, I have trouble sleeping. So I woke up about four. I didn't get to sleep till about three quarters of three. <laughs> Do you know something, right? This morning, like, I look at your last scene on WhatsApp and obviously I'm up at uh, five. But I've been this kept since like half nine, ten o'clock, yeah. Ugh. And I <laughs> and I looked look at your WhatsApp. Like you're like last scene, like half twelve, then like half two, then like three and four. And I think, when does he sleep? Hi, Frankie Allen. I don't eat. When do you sleep? And I don't sleep. See, seriously. Yeah. What, do you sleep much? No, not really. What's your sleeping pattern look like? It's quite bad, really. I'm gonna stay up watching. Well, just fill us in on last night. So last night, yeah. you have your tea. What do you have your tea at what time? Um. Seven, something Just like as that. an example, what did last night look like? What did you eat? Chicken. Just chicken? Chicken salad, yeah, with a salad. Yeah, okay, that's all. from t- Diazda or something? What, what, what's the... Uh, why do you want to know where I got it from? Just curious. No, I got it from the Iceland. <laughs> all right, sounds good. The Iceland. Yeah. Chicken salad from the Iceland. Then just chilled or did what? Went out in the car to the uh, garage... Just for something to do, really, about 10 o'clock. Yeah. For a drive, but I just got some Lucas Aid and stuff. And I was in the garage last night in Wigan. Really? Yeah. Did you ask him, did they have an There airline? was a fella in there. Yeah. And uh, he was working behind the counter, and okay. I walked in. Do you know what I said to him? I know what you said. You said, excuse me, do you have an airline here? And what did he say? He said, oh, no, we don't have an airline. We've only just got buses. <laughs> Classic. It's one of yours, isn't it? Good gag. Go ahead, so fill us in. So I got back, watching the telly, fell asleep, but I woke up about four, I thought, fucking hell, what time is it? Thought it was about 10 o'clock the next day, but it was only 4 a.m. Got back asleep about half four, five o'clock, then woke up again at seven. And uh, as soon as I woke up, I jumped up because a friend of ours, Peter Griffiths, who runs Vale Sports Arena in Cardiff, 
he told us he was appearing on Good Morning Britain. He said he was on it with his lad, was that right? Or Well, he was, yeah, was that his son with him? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, there was a young kid, I didn't know that was his son. Yeah. And uh, So did you did you just think, oh, sorry, you're fucking, I'm going to turn that on, see if Peter's on it? Well, no, what happened was I, I'd taped it, I put, you know, record on. It starts at 6 a.m. And yeah. he was on at 10 past six. Okay. So it's a good job of recorded it. Proper national Good Morning Britain, not like regional or anything like no, that. No, no, it was right thing. across the UK, okay. GMB. And uh, you could see him in the Vale Sports Arena. And what was he saying? Apparently it was recorded yesterday, but they make out it was today, this morning, but uh-huh. it wasn't. Just an insert, they call it. And just asking him, you know, what he thought about uh, Wales' chances of beating Denmark and things. He had a, wa- a Wales shirt on. Yeah. And he was going, yeah, we'll beat them and all that. You know, he looked great, though. He looked well, Peter. Yeah. yeah. Peter Griffiths, legend, ex-footballer, ex-Chelsea player, didn't Chelsea, he? Chelsea, Man United, he was a player. Didn't play for Man United, did he? He was on the books, yeah. Was he? Yeah, that's how he knows Ryan Giggs and all that, yeah. Fuck off, I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew he played for Chelsea, but he played for loads of mad teams. Yeah. And now he owns the Vale Sports Arena. Vale Sports Arena, Cardiff. Cardiff. We're always there. We're going back there soon. August 20th. And it's a great venue for us. Um, but Peter's a good lad. And he's got a lovely, healthy flock of hair, Annie, as well. Oh, Grace had a hair. I mean... <laughs> wow, come you've just done his accent. He looked like a movie star this morning. He looked great. Yeah. Peter, you know, but uh, you sent me a picture once. I'm not sure it was you and, or, and Jimmy Kilbo. <laughs> Jimmy Kilbo, you know, our support comedian, Jimmy. He done it. He sends a picture of Peter Griffiths <laughs> with no hair. This was about a couple of months ago. Yeah. And he put underneath, Peter wears a wig. This is how he really is. Yeah. And I went, fucking hell. And I was convinced that he was bald. Yeah. But it was just one of these apps he'd put on to make him look bald. So I've always looked at Peter now trying to work out as he got a wig on. It's just Kilbo taking the piss. Kilbo taking the piss. But he hasn't. He's got a fucking big... Full head of hair, you know, I'm jealous. Do you know, obviously, Peter, you'll be onto this. Peter will know this, but, you know, Kilvo's always sending pictures to Peter, just saying, like, oh, can't wait. Uh, oh, yeah. like to, I can't wait for the next show. And he sent a picture to, like, me, you, Peter, and uh, Kilvo, but he'll just Photoshop a huge knob onto Peter. <laughs> and then, but like... He doesn't send that to Peter. He sends he? it to Peter and just to see if he'll get onto it. What does Peter do? <laughs> Sometimes I think he's that busy, he doesn't even get onto it. But he like a massive knob, yeah. like bigger than your arm. He's, uh, very busy man, Peter, and he with CV uh, things and whatever. Yeah, yeah, he does well. Anyway, fill us in. You've had the brekkie this morning. Yeah. Uh, so you woke up this morning after watching GM uh, Good Morning Britain. Went where? What do you mean went where? You went for a bre- for a brekkie, didn't you? Well, I went to pick up, you know, a takeaway to go. Got bacon on toast to go, mm. and a coffee, which I ate on the way down here because I knew I had to get here for 10. Yeah. How are you feeling about recording at 10 all right? Okay, yeah, fine. Belter, and a special day today, obviously it won't be of the time of recording, but if you want to write in the comments, it's a legend called Young Dave. It's his birthday. He's a top man. And I just want to give a shout out to Young Dave on his birthday. Young Dave, Davey Ford, happy birthday. Living um, legend, the Don. Cappy to Tootsie Cappy. Oh, mate, great lad. And uh, hope he's having a great day. Right, so lots to catch up on. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumb up and subscribe first. Five-star review if you're on Apple or Spotify, please. We want to talk about Liverpool Grand Central Hall. We've just done a show there. It was uh, the last social distance show that we had booked. We still managed to do 429 people sold out. So about half the capacity of the venue. Frank, 
Tell us about it from start to finish. Um, you know, how did you feel in the run up to it, and 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 go from there. We did Blackpool a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, at the North Pier? And mm. all, although it went down very well, I thought I felt as though I was a little bit rusty when I got home. I remembered, or I remembered remembering that I didn't do a lot of the material I normally do, because we haven't worked for fifteen months. Really, only a couple of outdoor shows. I was a little bit rusty, so. I wasn't nervous, but I was a bit scared on Sunday night in case I was rusty again. But probably because I'd worked a couple of weeks ago and I'd been reading through scripts and whatever and trying to remember some different material. Um, I was I, I know I was good. I'd done, done a good performance on Sunday and so did Jimmy Kilvo. He was brilliant and uh, the show went over fantastic. Favourite show you've ever done? I think Bristol was a good show as well. When we did Bristol, that was a great night. If you could pick to go back and do one of them again, I, 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 I'm not sure really. Well, I'm, I kind of like. Uh, there's no, I mean, you could name a few nights that we've had. You can't even when we done um, Featherstone and we had some fantastic nights over the years. Yeah, they can't really put much between them. I mean, it was a great night considering it was socially distanced, and it is more difficult to get laughs out of people who are sitting in clusters all over the fucking club, you know, two people here, six people here, three over here. You haven't got, like, that compact audience um, when people are sitting together like sardines that you normally or you used to get. So, but the, the level of laughter was brilliant. It was very loud laughter and they were clapping and uh, I was picking on everyone that walked past. Um, a few little things happened. You got a guy into video uh, Michael. Strangely oh wait there, wait there! Don't 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 give the game away on this. Let me just fill people in on the vibe first, okay? Because okay? I know what you're gonna say. So basically, so basically, um, we had the show and we had the show sold out. And I thought, you know what? Fuck this! It's gonna look amazing. I need to get someone into to video and photo it. But me doing a million and one things like that was like the last on my priority list. And I thought I'll pull something together. I'll pull something together. Anyway, we spoke about this on the last podcast. Father's Day in Liverpool, everyone's with their fucking dads. So trying to find a scouser to do, to do photo and video on Father's Day was a nightmare. I spoke to Jacob. I even said, can we get Ben out of the studio to do it last minute? And he said, what do you mean, lad? I'm with me dad. Apparently, that's what he said to Jacob. So like, fucking, I couldn't find anyone, basically. My mate is a rapper, right? He's a brilliant rapper. His name's Gully Pacts. And my other mate, who you know, DJ Adek, they're okay. in the realm of like R&B, that kind of vibe, <sighs> grime, UK like rap, all the rest stuff, of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wouldn't call it ghetto stuff, like, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, they're into like grime, UK rap, all the rest of it. To get me this videographer last minute, I actually had a photographer to do it and then she dropped out again. So I was left in the lurch. And now before the show, this guy contacts me, says, I'm up for for coming down, right? I didn't know what to expect of him. He was not what you'd expect from a videographer, was he? Really? Do you know what I'm... I was so pleased to meet... He was a great character. He was kind oh, of Oh, like, he's fucking boss. Tell everyone what his name great was. Great character. I didn't know when I was on stage even. I'm fucking stupid and thick sometimes. I got talked to him in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah. Michael, his first name was. Go on. And he said his name was Michael. And I said to him, where do you live and all that? I said, well, what's your second name, Mike? And he said, Jackson. Even then I didn't put two and two together and think he's Michael Jackson. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have, when I was on stage and he came on stage filming me, yeah. I would have said to the lads, fucking hell, Michael Jackson's behind me. 
Let me get him off the fucking stage. Let me toss Michael Jackson off. I could have had a good laugh doing all <laughs> yeah. that. So anyway, I'm on stage, been on for two minutes. For whatever reason, I don't know. He didn't film Jimmy Kilbo, did he? Yeah, he did. Well, I didn't see him. I was in the dressing room, so I was totally unaware it was going to happen. So I walked out, done a couple of gags. I just remember seeing this fucking big white light. Yeah. I thought, what the fuck's this? So I turned around, there's Michael Jackson, his name is Mick Jackson, <laughs> standing there with this huge camera, like something off Channel 4, with a huge light on it. Yeah. Like the floodlights at fucking Anfield Stadium. <laughs> shining it, and he was about six inches away from me. <laughs> yeah. So I am on the mic, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... And I said, I didn't know what he was... So I said, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And he didn't say anything, he just carried on filming. And most people, you find... Most videographers and people who are in the business, even people doing podcasts and like whatever, anyone that works in the studio. Funny, over the years I've noticed anything you say to them, when they're kind of in the groove, when they're working at what they're doing, yeah. they just ignore you. Okay. Because that kind of takes over them. They're just, <laughs> yeah. it's just like this with this camera, as though I'm not there. So I said, Mike, fuck <laughs> off. I'm doing my fucking act. Get off the fucking stage, mate. Yeah. And he just backed up a little bit. So I'm trying this gag, and I didn't get the reaction I was looking for with the gag. Yeah. I went, what the... Because the audience get a little bit confused mentally. Two people on stage, they don't know what the fuck to think. Don't know if it's a double act or what the fuck's going on. Mm. And uh, they don't feel safe when there's... It's, it's, it's a psychological, it's a strange thing. So I knew I had to get him off. So I put the mic down and said, Mike, fuck off. <laughs> get off the fucking stage, mate. So he walked. Did he really... take it well, like? Because I was in the back. Yeah, well, he walked, but everyone was laughing. It was funny. Okay. Everyone was pissing themselves. I know they, you see, you're always going to get bigger laughs with things when they're spontaneous, when they happen, and they're not orchestrated, they're not phony, they're not false, they're not staged. Yeah. So everybody knew that he'd come on stage and I didn't want him on stage. That's what made it funny. And in the end, he backed off and he's just stood a few yards away and. People really couldn't see him. But I was aware all the time of this big white light the side of me. The funny thing is, when I say he's not what you'd expect from a videographer, I don't know what people picture in their heads when, when they think of a videographer, right? But, like, the videographers we've used over the years, I'll give you two. I mean, they won't mind me mentioning their names on here. Jacko. Yeah, Chris Meech. Jackson. Like, yeah. what type of vibes are those lads like? Those fellas were kind of like... It was very strange, really, to meet Michael Jackson, Mick Jackson. On Sunday, because he was totally... Just like one of the lads. The antithesis, I think the word is. Totally different to what they were. They were very professional, you know, especially Chris Jackson. He was a good lad and everything, yeah. but very kind of like he would have thought he was a videographer for the royal family or something, you know, spoke very well. Like, hi, how's it going? And yeah, all that. one of those guys. Yeah. You'd think uh, he was like just come off the campus at Oxford or Cambridge University. Yeah. He's going, yeah, great, Will. So what's the location today when we're filming? Yeah, he speaks exactly like that. That's how he fair. speaks. Yeah. He's going, yeah, that's fantastic. And that's all I've been used to. What did you used to call him? Oh, no. His name was Chris Jackson. Chris? Yeah. If you're watching this, you know this anyway. But what did you used to say to him all the time? What a song, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's a song of anybody or anybody. A lot of people know this. There's a band, an American band, a soul band. When I say soul band, these uh, black guys called Outcast. They're a big band, or they were a big band a few years ago. And they had a song, 
And the song was, Sorry, Miss Jackson, I ain't for real. Right. Yeah. So me and him would always, we, you were a bit, obviously a bit younger, you had a good sense of humor. We always used to sing when he was in the car and he didn't really get on it. We were singing, instead of Miss Jackson, we were singing, Sorry, Chris Jackson, you are for real. Didn't take you to the location. Didn't pay you for the work you done. Sorry, Chris Jackson, you are not real. Yeah. And it, it was dead funny. We'd done it for years, didn't we? Yeah. So... Anyway, so what we were saying was Michael's basically like totally not like geeky in any way. He was just one of the lads. And Michael he just said, like, he's like, what's happening, la? Just a fella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Jimmy Kilbog said, he's very like a Middlesbrough lad because they're very laid back up there. Yeah, he was chill. And uh, he's just like from Toxteth. He's a good lad. And he's kind of like laid back and very kind of like I saw him and it was just as though, Probably wasn't, but you'd think when talking to him, he was like, you know, half stoned, really, the way he was talking. <laughs> and he just went, oh, yeah. Wasn't worried or kind of like put out at what he had to do. He just said, yeah, it'll be all right this tonight. Uh, fucking hell, yeah, your will rang me. Uh. So got some video with the show. Video came across amazingly well. Uh, show came across amazingly well. Obviously, I hosted it myself. Venue was excellent. Crowd, excellent. I noticed the change in people's attitudes from the Blackpool show that we'd done previously. Yeah. Even though it was only two weeks ago, it seemed that people were in a much better mood. Do you agree? Yeah, the Blackpool show still had the feel in the atmosphere that, you know, we were in the restricted time. You know, we were being told what to do. People felt a bit down a bit kind of constricted what he could do and what he could say to move around. But I'd say Sunday, it was almost normal, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. All about 80% I normal. I mean, you, you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell that it wasn't normal, apart from the fact of like, um, I was going out at the start of it to try and grab some drinks and stuff. And people were saying, can I get a quick pick and stuff like that? And I, I felt dead weird because obviously you got to put a ma you got to put a mask on and then you think, Standing next to that was a strange thing. I mean, this is kind of like where, once again, I have to admit I was wrong and you were right. Because I haven't worked for 15 months, I thought that Frankie Allen brand, so to speak, would disappear, you know, just fall off a cliff, fall off the edge of the world into space. Because we weren't working, Yeah. no one had heard of us and popularity had waned and we kind of like fade away. But that simply hasn't happened because of the vlogs, because of the podcasts, because we had a backlog of stuff that we could put out in what you call content, plenty of content for the fans out there. And it's kind of like I would say, would you say doubled? It's probably doubled since last year in popularity. Yeah, I mean, it could, have done, it could have done a lot more. I think the problem is just literally... Um, a little bit of a, a you know one man band from me with regards to trying to edit stuff and get stuff out, but people are crying out for the the vlogs again. The only problem is the vlogs like the vlogs work really well. And I was looking at this the other day. The vlogs work really well if we're traveling somewhere. So yeah. like m some of my favorite vlogs, we go to Middlesbrough, we go to Cammy's Gaff. Yeah. Uh, we're all in the 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 fucking chip shop getting a, in the pizzeria getting palmos and fordies singing opera and all mad stuff's going on but like when we're in liverpool it was just like flying down to the venue oh okay we've turned up at the venue that's it we're just sat in the back not really going on 
Yeah, there's still a bit going on though. You can make a you can make. I tried to, but it was yeah. it, there wasn't much going on. I mean, the yeah. vlogs. If you don't, if any if anyone doesn't watch them, uh, there's a f there's shitloads on YouTube. That they're, they're like one of my favorite things to watch because it's just memories. You can look back on every show that we've ever done. Ooh. I mean, I was quite pleased, really, or very pleased with Sunday. The reaction. I managed to get a lot of material over, and Jimmy went well, which is always good for me. <clears throat> you know, he, he kind of like got the hardest job. He breaks the ice. And he went down brilliant and uh, great reception from the crowd. I went on, it was fantastic. And just the fact that no, we can't do the meet and greet that we used to do when people kind of queue up looking for pictures at the end of the night. But as you say, you went into the crowd, people were taking your picture before the show started. Um, right at the end of the night, one of the doorman bouncers knocked on the door. I opened the door the stage door, the exit door, and there was quite a lot of people there in the corridor who'd come around. They were all after pictures. So I had to do a couple of pictures with people, socially distanced, of course. Yeah. And then later on, we stayed in the venue till everyone had gone. That's what we normally do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're leaving about 11 o'clock, whatever it was. And if you remember, we're walking down by a pub called a Blarney Stone, Oh, that was so the mad. The alleyway is called Newington, I think. Yeah. And we're walking up this alleyway. And these people were there, fellow with glasses and this woman and two other fellas. And they just said, okay, have some pictures. And this fellow had a fucking camera. <laughs> like the paparazzi would take pictures, you know, kind of huge camera that you see in Beverly Hills. It's, uh, you know, you'd see it, see it the red carpet. Dude, a fucking big camera. So we're taking these pictures, all these people taking pictures. So I just happened to say to this woman, what, what did you enjoy the show? And she said, oh, no, we didn't go to the show. I said, what? She said, we couldn't get tickets, so we've been waiting outside for pictures. And then they asked you yeah, to get, you know, kind of like, they took a load of pictures of you. Mm. And earlier on, Jimmy Kilvo had left before us. They recognised Jimmy. It's fucking weird, though. And they took it. his picture as well. So to think that people... We're kind of like just waiting outside and it was like raining a bit, you know, rain, wait, waiting in the rain for pictures of Frankie Allen and Will Cranny and Jimmy Kilvo. It's quite strange, it's surreal really to think that they were so kind of like big, huge fans and they, they prepared to wait outside for pictures. It was, you know, made me feel like, uh, it felt a bit strange, it felt like David Cassidy. Anyone remembers David Cassidy? Who's David Cassidy? He was a big heartthrob. Pop star in the early 70s, the girls, thousands of girls would chase his car like the Beatles and bang on his car. And... What, did he sing any decent tunes? Yeah, he sang some good songs. Go on, yeah. you give us one. He used to sing Daydreamer, which is a good song. Anyone who's my age or a bit older or a bit younger. Daydream Believer? No, that was the Monkees. Oh, go on. He used to play, he's very good, very talented. David Cassidy was in um, a thing on a TV called The Partridge Family. It was a series and uh, came over to England, you know, American production and went to Australia and it, all of young kids fancied David Cassidy, bit of a good-looking guy. And uh, his mother was Shirley Jones, who was like a huge star in the 50s. She'd been in Oklahoma musicals and Carousel. His dad was, uh, was uh, I think it was, dad was, uh, was it Jack Jones? But his dad was a huge film star as well. Anyway, he was a huge star all over the world. 
and he flew all over the world giving concerts, having all his all his records were number one. But the thing about Cassidy, more than any other pop star at the time, thousands of people chased him everywhere. Okay. He couldn't. You'd see him on the TV now if you see old pictures of him just getting in his car, and his car can't get down the road. You know, kind of like. Mm. I don't know who'd be the same now, probably Ronaldo or someone like that, you know. Yeah, like Harry Styles or something. Something like that, but even was crazy. Bieber, Justin Bieber. Like, yeah, but worse than Bieber. <laughs> Honestly, but yeah. But he sang some good songs, that, and they made me feel like, I felt like David Cassidy for a bit. Fair enough. So I was going to sing one of David Cassidy's songs. Go ahead. So I was going to sing, I remember April, love was burning. <laughs> you know, I can't do it. It's called Daydreamer. That was his big number one all over the world, David Cassidy. And he died, sadly, this year. Did he? Yeah. He was only kind of like 50, I think. But he died, um, I think he'd, he, he'd had a few problems over the years. And, he, you know, he, he drank and things and he died, yeah. Okay. But um, there was a documentary about him a couple of months ago um, where he tried to make this comeback album. It was very hard for him with his... He'd been ill and everything and, and, and like health problems and whatever, but it was fantastic, very talented, David Cassidy, yeah. Fucking hell, heavy. Um, anyone who's listening might have thought you had a good voice there. I haven't got a good voice. Uh, yeah, David Cassidy's dad was Jack Cassidy, and he was on an episode of Columbo a couple of weeks ago. He was a big star as well, yeah. But didn't you used to be a singer? Who? You. I'm not actually a singer. What I had to do when I was starting off as a comic, yeah. in those days kind of like in the 80s, a lot of the social clubs, they wanted a comedy act plus um, a vocal act as well. Okay. So a lot of clubs would book a comic and book a singer. So I had the bright idea of being a comedy vocalist. Comedy vocalists used to get a lot of work, and what they were, if you went on at 9 o'clock and you did a comedy spot, mm. great, but in the second half, when you went back on at 10 or quarter past 10, if you could sing to them, because all these social clubs had a guy on an organ, like a keyboard, mm. and a drummer, that was in every fucking club in the UK. So weird. Why Didn't you have, like, CDs in there? No. And they, it was all live. So I got me dots written, which are music written for all my songs. I had nine songs. Go on, what were they? I'll tell you now. Just Go give on. me a chance. Um, gave them to the organist. They could all read music. And if they couldn't read, they'd busk along with what you were doing. The way the social clubs ran, it was very strange. Um, anybody from now, if you went back in time to the 80s, you'd probably get a bit of a shock and you went, what the fuck's this? What kind of a night is this? Start off, people would be queuing up at 7 o'clock if there was a start in. Or How big was a start in? Starting, I mean, I ended up like the end of the 80s being a starting, but it wasn't to begin with. Starting was someone that had done a little bit of television or somebody that was well-known in the area. Okay, so it's not like someone who's famous, basically. It wasn't famous, yeah. but it was kind of like advertised on the board outside. It'd say Frankie Allen, and they'd put little stars. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Stars star night, yeah. Round your name, star night, Frankie Allen. So what you do... And that was popular, yeah. Because you're popular, word would get round. Everything in those days was word of mouth. There was no internet. There was no kind of like texting. There was no mobile phones. Um, so basically, word of mouth would get round. There's a good act on the club on Saturday night. So people would be queuing up at 7 o'clock. They'd all get in there at 7.30. 8 o'clock, 
your first act would be on. That probably used to, you know, a singer, female vocalist, they'd be on, or a band, they'd be on for about 40 minutes. You'd have a break. Then they'd sell raffle tickets during the break. Mm. Nine o'clock, the comic would go on, do about half an hour, 40 minutes, have another break. Then they'd have the bingo, which was, to be honest with you, was the highlight of the night. A lot of people only went for the bingo. Okay. So the bingo lasted, you know, 40 minutes, half past 10. The final act went on. But people, they were all in the 40s, 50s and 60s in the social clubs. At the end of the night, because they were all drinking, the drink was very cheap because it was subsidised by the club. Everybody went with your missus. Loads of people were married then. There wasn't people like it is now, separated and all that. Everyone was married or living with people. So... By the time we got to 10 o'clock, they were really up for dancing. All he wanted to do was dance. Yeah. So they wanted, when the comedy act had finished, half past 10, quarter past 10, they wanted a band on or a singer, someone they could dance to. So I kind of like struck on the idea. There were some vocalists going around who did comedy, but I thought if I can do a comedy spot for 40 minutes... Every gag I've ever thought of. I used to struggle for material sometimes. 40-minute spot. Then George Beadle, who ran, um, it was in Anfield Agents, he suggested to me, because at the time, if you wanted to go out as a comic, you had to do an hour or an hour and a half. I just didn't have the material. He said, well, go out as a comedy vocal. You get loads of work. So I was going out, doing a comedy spot, 9 to 20 to 10, having a break, giving me dots, which is the music, transposed written music, Crotchets and quavers, all that stuff. Giving it to the organist, running through it with him and the drummer when they were having the bingo. Then I'd come out and sing eight, nine songs in the second half, get everyone up dancing. Any, what type of tunes? Tunes I used to do. I used to kind of like, basically, you wanted to get them up dancing. Okay. So I used to do a lot of drifters numbers. Okay. You know, the drifters are an American band. Very popular in the 70s and 80s. What tunes did they have? They had stuff like, you wouldn't even know them. Come on over to my place. Come Sat- on over to my That's place. It. Saturday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies. Any tune to get people up dancing. Heavy. So he used to do all those drifters numbers. Albert Hammond, It Never Rains in Southern California. A few rock and roll stuff. Don't forget I was in a comedy band. And uh, we, we did, you know, we've we done a good dance spot at the end. You call it a dance spot. Is this the... Where co- we've done about the black handleweeds. Got you. We've done about nine or ten numbers, you know, so as well used to singing. Decent. So, um, intestines, to anyone who didn't know that, there you go, a little bit of insight into Frank. Yeah. used to be a singer. Would you ever Would you ever sing on stage ever again? I'd like to. Honestly? Yeah. Go on, fill me in. Kind of like a lot of comics used to, uh, even Bernard Manning when he was alive, he'd do like 25, 30 minutes of material, then he'd sing a song in the middle of his act. You are messing. No, then he'd do another half an hour. Why? Basically, a lot of it was kind of like uh, playing for time because the huge thing in the clubs, you know, it's not an issue now with me because I can do like two hours of material or three hours. They were obsessed with you doing They were obsessed. The thing was... They had a night, the social clubs had a night, from 8 o'clock till 11, they had to be entertained. So they didn't want somebody to come on at 9 o'clock and do 10 minutes, then fuck off home. They were left with nothing to do for the night. 
So you have to do your time. So you're really under kind of like pressure to do your time. So a lot of comics used to open up with the number. Yeah. Finish the song, do the gags, do all the material for half an hour, 45 minutes, finish off on a song. And by doing that, the lengthening their spot. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Would you ever think about doing a song in your act? I mean, yeah, I know like Chubby does it. Like, that, yeah, I mean, Chubby Brown does a few, a couple of numbers and he plays the piano. He's a talented guy. Would you do like a comedy song? I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't do a comedy song. Really? Yeah. I'm not really into the comedy songs. I'm not kind of like, no, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd like to do a show and maybe finish off with a song, you know. Okay. I mean, if anyone doesn't know, well, no one's going to fucking know this, but I'm curious as to whether anyone's got this talent, right? Because yeah. there's like a handful of people that I know that can do this and they're all mental patients, basically, yeah. including me and my dad. You're one of the only people that I know that can freestyle rap to a song. Okay. With funny stuff that, that like, that. can you tell everyone what I mean by that? This started off when you were a kid, really. I mean, yeah. we were doing rap before people done rap, didn't we? Well, when not before people done rap, but like before UK rappers, you mean? But like, Possibly, not not yeah. not in a, not in a, not in a in a way like of where we're well, being look, serious. Well, we, look, we weren't kind of like rapping. But what Will used to do when he was a baby, me and Will were in the car together all the time. We, if a song came on the radio, we'd kind of turn it down and sing our own words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make it very funny. Yeah. But what it was, why it was so funny, we'd, we'd sing the song, but we'd make it about people in my family. Yeah. You know, taking, <laughs> taking the piss out of them. It kind of like, it's hard to explain really. Um, just kind of like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Something like, think of a song that's like a, a popular the song. song that we now. always sing is... Uh, yeah, this sex is on fire. It's the easiest one to do it to, isn't well, it? Do you know what? I think I'll be able to explain that one. Go on. What it was, my brother owns these flats and uh, apartments and things. <laughs> no, wait, Dave, nobody got injured before you say no. It was, okay. it was okay. Nothing happened. <laughs> okay, yeah. No one died. No one got injured. But yeah, there's a song. Now, the song is by a band called Kings of Leon. Yeah. And the song is called, if anybody wants to look it up, Your Sex is on Fire. <laughs> and it goes like this. Yeah, your sex is on fire. Yeah. So we went round to our John's, like, office one day, whatever, and one of the block of flats had called fire. There was a fire. That he owns, yeah. That he owns. And the fire brigade where the police where the fire was put out and everything was okay, no one got hurt. It was in Swiss Road in Kenny. Swiss Road. Yeah. So me and Will were driving, I think from where I lived, he'd been with me for a few hours, going back to Crosby to his mum's. And I think it was the day after the fire or the same day. And we're driving and all of a sudden, it wasn't me, it was you. You started singing, yeah. Swiss Road is on fire. Because <laughs> yeah. the fire was in Swiss Road. Yeah. And it just went up. And we were adding different lyrics to it. Mm. You know, 
Cables running down the streets because the house was on fire. All that. It was so fucking funny. Yeah. And it just went on. It went on for years, didn't it? Mm. We did it for years. But then we got different songs, altered the words to them, the lyrics. and. Uh... But that's why I'm asking you, would you ever do like a comedy song on I mean, stage? Because I reckon, and I'm not, I'm not like, uh, I'm being deadly serious here. I reckon if somebody put a backing track on, you could take the piss out of the audience as part of the song. Probably. You gotta be able to do I mean? it. I mean, Jimmy O. Jimmy O did. Oh my god. He, he does yeah. a song, doesn't he? He, he won't do it now because he, he doesn't do, do a comedy act anymore, does he? So but not at the moment, but he's a great comic. and uh, he he used to do a song about Sir Jane, didn't he? Yeah. This is totally off topic. I got changed in the gym this morning and I look down and I've got a tracky on. If anyone's listening to this, I've got a I'm trackied up to fuck. I've got yeah. a blue tracky on and a pair of grey New Balance trainers, right? This is my vibe. No socks. Well, I have got socks on, but they're like under socks that you can't see. Yeah. And I looked at my outfit and I thought, this look outfit, like the way trends roll around, yeah. looks like something that you would wear in like 1990, 1980? 90, yeah. Okay. 90, 91, yeah. Now, this... Is like basically a replica. Well, it's not a replica because it's a different make. But was this kind of retro, is it? Yeah. It's like, it looks like when you used to wear Russell Athletic trackies, oh, doesn't right, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, how do you feel about it? How do you mean how do I feel? Does it, do you think it, it, when you're saying it's a bit of a retro vibe, looking at me in this gear, like you don't dress like that anymore because yeah. obviously you've, you're on a different vibe. Is is this kind of what you used to dress like? Exactly, yeah. Circa. Yeah. As you say, 1990. Yeah. Yeah. And it made it made me think because Kilvo was asking me yesterday about the stuff that you wear. And obviously right now you've got a trackie on, but you've got a cap next to you. And Kilvo was like, does your dad never, you know, he's like, does your dad never wear t-shirts? Does he never wear t-shirt and jeans? And I said, oh. no, no, no. And he said, why is that? And I thought, you know what? It's a really good topic to talk about because you don't wear t-shirts. Yeah. You don't wear jeans. You wear baseball tops. Trackies. I've only ever seen you in a baseball top, a pair of shorts, yeah. a trackie or a suit. Okay. Okay. And if anyone went to your wardrobe, I mean, you've done a wardrobe tour as part of your house tour. That's all it is really, isn't it? Why is that? You see a lot of fellas going out now with jeans on and like a shirt. I mean, that's, to be honest with you, I'd rather be in fucking hospital than be walking around with a pair of jeans on and a shirt. That's just totally... Not my vibe. I'm kind of a man of extremes. If I can't go out in a tracksuit or a baseball shirt and a pair of shorts, yeah, but the, why a baseball shirt? Like, why is it? Why are they? So, why is there a baseball shirt and a pair of shorts? Yeah, you're like if you had a game character, yeah. and there was only like three choices for what you could wear, and like you like flicked along, and it was like suit, like Grand Theft Auto, baseball shirt and shorts with a cap. Yeah, or. A, oh, sorry, tracky, yeah. baseball shirt and shorts, suits. Where did those three vibes come from and why just those three vibes? Because, as you've said, I hate jeans. I don't like jeans. Yeah. Never really worn them, never felt comfortable in them. Um, I've only got little legs and jeans. You've got to have, like, long legs to look good in jeans. <laughs> so I just looked at, like a little... I, I, if I put a pair of jeans on, look like a little cowboy. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and like people are going out. You see people going out now 
in like fucking shirts that cost three ninety nine. What's that you could piss through? What's all that about? What do you mean three ninety nine? Four hundred quid? No, like you know, three, four quid, five quid. People that like shit don't spend any money on themselves. If I'm going out mm. and I'm going to somewhere that's decent, yeah, and going out on business or I'm going to visit a friend who owns a club or whatever. I'll wear a suit, I'll wear my stage, I'll get into my stage persona. Yeah. Now, I'm very extreme. I'm either wearing a suit when I go out and a shirt and tie, or sometimes I don't even feel comfortable just wearing a shirt. I'd rather wear a tie. I'm either, I'm that kind of like extreme part of the spectrum, going right back to the other side, where if I'm casual, I'm totally very, very casual, where I wear shorts or I wear a tracksuit, but as you say, baseball shirt, I love wearing, and they feel very comfortable. I mean, I like them. I think they look great. It's about your personal preference. What you a lot of people probably look at me, what I wear, and go, oh, I wouldn't wear that, wouldn't wear that. But I can see people walking down a street, and I go, fucking hell, you know, I'd rather be dead than wear that. Like, what kind of vibe would you hate to wear? I if someone said to you now. You've got to go out tonight yeah. and then put together the worst outfits that you'd okay. go. I'm not going out in that. What would it be? Well, look, I'm not disrespecting anybody. Anybody who wants to wear this outfit, I'm going to describe. Um, this is going to bring me on to another subject, really, that me and young Dave speak about. I don't like this vibe where people are going out. <laughs> they've got these fellas are going out in these cardboard fucking jeans. Then they've got, like, a shirt on, a denim shirt. Then they've got these horrible fucking pullovers, crew neck pullovers over them so you can see the top of the shirt. Yeah. Then they have this fucking leather bomber zip-up jacket over that. No, they can't have that many layers on. Oh, no, there's a lot of people wearing layers, you know. <laughs> Why would you wear that many layers? That doesn't make sense. Well, this is the thing about we should have a go at, like... Not having a go at them, but talk about when we're talking about scousers. A lot of scousers seem to have no thermostat because you see, like last week when it was very, very hot, I I was phoning Dave up, he was ringing me, and he was saying, "There's a prick walking past me now, who's actually got a sheepskin fucking coat on. It's nearly ninety degrees Fahrenheit." Yeah, but that can't just be scousers. That just must be people all over Maybe the place. Maybe it's people, but I notice it obviously because we're in Liverpool. But you do see a lot of people here. It's as though they don't know that it's hot. Yeah, but isn't They're that... walking around with leather jackets on, and I'm just walking around sometimes, baseball shirts on or just a pair of shorts. Yeah, but as you said, they're probably looking at you thinking, fucking hell, that outfit's nuts. Why? I mean, I understand the trackie. Yeah. Today, you've got an Under Armour trackie on. Yeah. It's not unusual for someone in Liverpool to have that okay. type of trackie on. Just a normal pair of webs. Black New York yeah. Yankees. I mean, you're genuinely... I mean, maybe in the south end of Liverpool you'd see someone wearing this, but nowhere else, really. What people always say on the comments and that, is Frankie a baseball fan? Or is it just... Why have you... How? When did you start wearing stuff like this? Because it's been ever since I was born. I wore that reason kind being. of baseball stuff, baseball shirts, baseball caps, shorts. Done it all my life. I feel very comfortable wearing that kind of shorts. And I know that it suits me. Okay. I know it look good in it. Decent. Look good in a baseball cap. Um, I've got that kind of like, that kind of shaped head. Um, what I don't like to see, um, this is another thing where I've got a kind of like, not a, not, not a fetish, but a strange. I don't like these fellas wearing a baseball cap back to the front. I could never do that. Yeah. I think that looks like, they look like idiots. 
like this. That kind of suits you because you. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, you can get away with it because you're young. <laughs> Go yeah. on. I don't like them backs and fronts, and I don't like. Uh, you see this? Believe it or not, I'll put this cap on. Yeah. And people will go, oh, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. It's a '90s cap. A lot of people now wear these caps, and they're like squashed at the front. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Kind of like all you can see is the fucking rim of the cap. And the and your head. I wear one like that, don't I? A black uh, Nike one. And like the rest of it's stuck to your fucking head. Yeah. As though it's been raining. So <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, well, you know, original baseball cap that they wear in the states, playing baseball in, is like this. It's built like this. Yeah. So this is what I like. I like wearing them as they were, kind of like a little bit retro in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an original. So baseball you know this cap. gear that I've got on now, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you have? When you were in the 90s, would you have had the cap on with this? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what colour? Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, even going back about five years ago now, you may not remember this, or you might do. Probably escaped your memory a little bit. I used to wear crazy caps. It'd be kind of like, not just like with New York Yankees on, stuff with like Philadelphia Eagles on in like yellow and black and blue and like yeah how come you swerved colors. all that well you get a bit older you get a bit more subdued probably but i remember you? when you used to go out like my like let's say if somebody said to me yeah. how would you remember me dad when you used to get called no i don't know if i've ever told you this the lads in school used to call you the fashion master fashion master yeah why is that because <laughs> you used to wear mad clover like you used to have so i'll just give you anyone an idea of what my dad used to pick me up from school in yeah you come outside the school, this is how I'd remember you probably the most. You'd have a white pair of Reeboks on. Yeah. Uh, no socks, just a white pair of Reeboks. A bright pair of like the brightest swimming shorts that you could ever see in your life. Okay. Probably like fluorescent peach pink, oh, like neon okay. pink. Yeah? yeah. Maybe, maybe a baseball top with that. Maybe like a white baseball top with like pinstripes. Right. A massive glittery coat, like a yeah, shiny yeah. blue coat. Like Dr. Dre, yeah. Yeah. And then a flat peak cap with a chain, like a crossing chain hanging over. Like to a, be honest yeah. with you, I'm kind of very uh, ghetto really, you know, like, like LA or something. Yeah, very much like that, yeah. yeah. No, that's why I was asking, yeah. where does that fucking style come from? Because no one in Liverpool really dressed like that. I don't know about anyone else in the UK, like. I'll be honest with you, I don't know why, but it is very kind of like street and uh, I have seen uh, people dressing the same as me. Where? Down here, you know, down Toxteth and things. It's kind of like, like really kind of like, it's a very street, isn't it? Very kind of a black thing in a way, yeah? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that style has always kind of appealed to me. I think it's very smart, I feel, feel very comfortable. And it's amazing how... You know, there used to be, um, there's an old fable, they made it into a movie. There was a song, it was called um, the, Emperor, the Emperor's New Clothes, have you heard about it? Yeah. And the song was The King Is In Us All Together. Hans Christian Andersen wrote this story. The story is the king was so powerful. Everybody, anything that he wore, people used to say, oh, you look great. Mm. So the king went off his head like went nuts and he's walking around with nothing on. Yeah. 
and everybody was saying, they were so scared of the king. People were saying, all the courtiers and all the, like, the lords and people used to say, have you seen the king's new clothes? Yeah. And some people say the emperor's new clothes, but the king's new clothes. And then they made a movie about a big hit in the 60s, the film, and... Uh, Danny Kaye sang this song. The king is in, is all together, is all together, is all together, yeah. naked as the day that he was born. And people, the film was dead funny. He's walking down the street. They don't show you with nothing on, you know, for kind of like belly upwards. And people go, oh, king, what a, oh, you look fantastic. <laughs> and he just had this number. he's got nothing on. And he's just like bowing to people. And they go, oh, what a great outfit. Yeah, but isn't it because someone said to him, here's, here's, a, here's some boss clobber. Someone said to him, here's, this, the story is, yeah. he, some fella said to him, oh, is this boss clobber and just yeah. went like that? Like, put it out. I think that might have <laughs> been he, the Yeah, no, that's the yeah. story. Yeah, it, the yeah. story is, people used to say to him, you look boss all the time and no one would say anything that went against what he was saying. Okay. But like, this like, um, this like snide fella said he was a tailor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I can make you some boss clobber. And then just went, yeah, there it is. But because the... Oh, possibly. In the, yeah. and, 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 he, and, and, and the, the king was like, uh, all right, yeah, is that it? And he put it on, yeah. yeah. And he pretended to put it on. To, I mean, it's a bit mad, like. Imagine that but the look, king just burst out with his knob out and, and said like, hello uh, to everyone. Digressing is the way I get off the subject a little bit. But yeah, that's the, they're the outfits that I feel more comfortable in. And although I've kind of like got obviously a lot older since 30 years ago, since you were at school, I still feel very comfortable wearing a cap. And uh, it's it's strange. This is another podcast that we could do. And I'm sure people out there would agree with me. The different clothes that you wear. You know, you talk about people wearing a power tie. They wear ties. And you, you, you notice a lot of people, once they get dressed up mm. in certain types of clothes, the whole personality and the demeanour changes. Yeah. Like a judge, judge walking into his chambers. If he walked in, to court with a pair of jeans on and a t-shirt, wouldn't have the same authority because he's dressed up. He's got this wig on. He's got all these like red, all that you know. He 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 feels, but it does make you feel very different. And I'm sure. And you see people kind of like uh, you see a lot of these office workers as well. You know, people who work for the government. Mm. The, the women are wear a trouser suit. It's kind yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Letting you know that they belong to a certain group. Yeah. So it's the same as kind of like where you see. Um, fellas are walking around, going out at night. People are wearing certain types of clothes, kind of uh, letting people know that they belong to a certain tribe in a way. Mm, what would you say I dressed like? Well, you're kind of like, um, you're very kind of smart. You are kind of street in what you wear in the daytime anyway, um, but subdued, a lot more subdued than I am, you know. Yeah. Kind of, not as loud. You're not loud like me. Nah, I just wear all, all basically black gym gear just to be comfy all day. Well, that's it. You're, yours a comfort thing. And I'm not saying you wouldn't wear anything bright, but you're not really a bright kind of nah, person. Nah, I couldn't be But honest. I'm attracted to very loud things. Like, my car has to be bling-bling, has to be loud. Cut, your car's bright blue in it. You've had uh, since I bright was Bright silver cars. Silver, yeah. bright red. Any others? No, but they're all kind of like over the top colours. I'd never get like a black car. I'd never get like a white car or something which is very kind of normal or subdued. It has to be kind of like, uh, you know, ghetto really, yeah. It's got to be kind of like... There you go, ghetto Franky Allen coming at you. Well, that's the way I am and that's the way you've been and that's the character 
that I portray. And it's amazing, really, because when I'm working on the stage, on you know, there's certain clothes, certain things I feel comfortable in and certain things I don't feel comfortable in. Okay. You know, I've got to I normally wear a grey suit or a black suit. I've worked in the grey suit and done great shows, but don't feel as comfortable as in the black suit. Yeah, it makes sense. So it's strange. You've been on stage in a tracky, what do you feel in that? I've been on stage in a track suit. I've been on a, you know, that's, I feel quite comfortable really. Okay. I feel great in a track suit. Um, I've been on stage with a baseball cap on. Have you? And a track suit. Yeah. Uh, mate of mine, Frankie Preston, um, he used to run a football team from Heighton. And uh, a few years ago, they got through to the final. He won the final. And it's just by my house, really, where they played Walton North Park. And I got on the coach with all the lads. And Frank, he just come casual. So all the lads were kind of... So I just went in a pair of shorts and a top, a baseball cap on. And we ended up... I was drinking then, you know. We ended up a night... We ended up in this pub called A Quiet Man. Mm. And I just jumped up on a table, done a show for all the lads. And I'd done the whole show with a baseball cap on. I mean, it doesn't really... As long as people... What I've found over the years, it doesn't really matter to... I feel better in certain clothes. You feel more confident. But from an audience point of view, once you've established yourself with the crowd, once you've got a rapport with them... Yeah. Your clothes are kind of invisible in a way. It's just you and them, you know? Yeah. Are you sure you didn't have the Emperor's clothes on? The Emperor's new clothes. I've never gone on stage naked. Some comics that we know have, though. Funny enough, there was a thing... Even going back only a few years, really, and they won't mind me saying because they can't deny it, so don't bleep this out. Um, there's a couple of comics, comic called Ned Kelly, mm. and he's from the North East, Jimmy Kilbo will know him, and he's getting on a bit, Ned, he's in his 70s. He went to work in Benidorm, <coughs> but his thing is, I'd done a show in Carlisle with him. I was a mixed audience, women, and they were all kind of like... A little bit snobby. Lester Crab, she was on the show with us. And uh, I was the other guy from uh, Lenny Anderson. Okay. Lenny Anderson. So we'd all been on. So when it came to his turn, he just comes out, takes all his clothes off and runs around with nothing on. You know. Why? Just a shock effect. Got you. Shocking the audience. I mean, there's comics that I know that have just burst out, yeah, burst out on stage with nothing on, which is a bit mad, like, but I suppose if, well, look, if it wins, then... I'm just trying to think of the other guy outside. There's a guy in uh, Manchester, a fellow called Buzzer Jones. Buzzer Jones. Yeah. I think he might be retired now, Buzzer Jones. He's a good lad, I mean, he's great. I first saw him in a club in Edge Hill in Liverpool. It's called the uh, Thingies Club, it's called. And I wasn't working that day. Went down with a mate of mine. So kind of like standing by the bar watching and he comes out onto the crowd, onto the stage and uh, just takes all his clothes off and runs around the audience. Now, all these people that take all the clothes off and even all these, there's, there's an act called the Fat Monty's. Okay. Who kind of like taking the piss out of the full Monty when it came oh, out. Oh, okay, yeah. Doing strip. These are all fat taxi drivers from Kirby. They're all smashing lads and everything, but their thing is stripping off. Comedy-wise, okay. people are laughing because they're fat and they're running around with nothing on. But what you tend to get with a lot of these acts, a lot of these comics that come out and they take all the clothes off and run around, they'll get a big laugh, but only for five minutes, ten minutes. Then they're standing there. 
With nothing on. Nothing on. Mm. And in the end, it gets embarrassing. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to see that with your show anytime oh, you, soon, are you? Gonna do you that. might end up with you with nothing on singing on stage. I don't think so, especially with my little dick. You're never going to see anything like that. <laughs> the fucking roots. The roots is out. The roots will be on fire. I don't I'll know show where this you. thing's coming from. You know, Jimmy Kilbo and Will Cranny kind of like conspiracy fucking theory. What they're doing, they've done this thing about, look, the roots on him. I mean, fucking hell, I don't know. You, you think I was like Errol Flynn with a six-foot fucking penis. <laughs> Nothing could be further than the fucking truth. Fuck off. It's just a load of bollocks. <laughs> right. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed listening to or watching this. If you're on YouTube, do give us a thumb up. Get yourself subscribed to the channel. If you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, give us a five-star review and let us know what you think. If you want to see some guests on future episodes, let us know. If you like this format, let us know. You know, we're trying it out 25 episodes in, so thank you very, very much for your time today. Frank, any last words for the people? Yeah, just kind of like, uh, as we've said and we continue to say in the last 15 months, we all thought, and I thought, I was convinced that we'd be back to normal a couple of days ago, the 21st of June, but we're not. So now they're kind of dangling this carrot of 19th of July. So keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully, I'm not going to say we'll be okay on the 19th of July in case it brings bad luck on us again. But hopefully, we are coming out. It's just been announced on the TV this morning that uh, people are allowed to go to Mallorca if you've been double vaccinated and have your holiday. And Mallorca's a lovely place, so if you're looking for somewhere to get over to Mallorca. So uh, communicate. Don't feel down, depressed. If you're still not earning money, like, you know, you've got no work on at the time, you're just kind of like, what can you do? We can just wait. Keep your fingers crossed, hope for the best. And if you're feeling down, feeling depressed, phone your mates up, talk to people, go to the local pub, go to the park even, speak to people. And uh, communication is the main source of good mental health. So everybody out there, be careful, take care, be safe. Nice one. If you want to come and see Frank live, all the tour ticket links will be in the description. We are all over the UK and we are going to be coming to a place very near you. If you want the Frankie Allen Roadshow to come to your city, town or venue, please do let us know in the comments. It's been a pleasure having you again. Thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate your support as always. Over 15,000 people on the YouTube channel now. Get yourself subscribed if you haven't already. Enjoy your week. Have a great one and we'll see you on the next one. See you later.